Greetings, parish orphans and retrogrades. Happy Sunday. Hello. <laughs> you see before you Stephanie Gordon. <laughs> I, I'm alive. Using <laughs> my UFC announcer voice. It's so we don't normally come to you on Sunday afternoons, and of course, the reason for that is because usually we're chilling out with the fam. Today's special in a number of ways. Steph makes her exciting return to Rules for Retrogrades. People have been asking much. Her book, Ask Your Husband, is out in its second edition. It came out while she was pregnant with young Penelope, our seventh, your, which is cool. I mean, <laughs> I mean it, I'm not trying to underplay that. But, like, uh, I don't know. And, and we were, we've been planning a return for Steph where we can talk more about Ask Your Husband uh, in positive ways, given all the drama of the spring. But then, of course, we weren't planning a Sunday show. And lo and behold, there's this drama, Matt Frad drama, uh, again, surrounding the Matt Frad Twitter account and the Matt Frad show, uh, Pints with Aquinas, and feminists. And that always encircles... Woke me from my slumber. Yeah, yeah. From uh, your... the, the feminism beast reared its head, and I was just like Dracula out of the coffin, like, ooh. <laughs> Dracula to fight the beast, the feminist beast. <laughs> I, so, I, I mean, this is what we're going to do for you today. If you haven't heard yet, we're, we're doing a composite show. The, the current event in the Catholic world online is that uh, our, our, our friend Matt Frad, we're, our family's still recovering from his family's COVID. A mutual friend brought it to us. He, in, I guess, July, before he did his August fast of technology or what have you, He'd done a show where he said he doesn't think female comedians are funny at all. It was a very common opinion. I, I, I guess I should say he admitted that, he, that female comedians are not funny he at all. He said out loud what everybody says in their houses all the time. I, I've literally, all of our friends have all noted the same thing. Female comedians aren't funny. Well, I've never he met someone the who thinks they are, right? No. no. I, I, I mean, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> okay, so, so he had, we'll, let's say that. He admitted that female comedians aren't funny. And some pints with Aquinas in July did his social media purge in the month of August, then came back out and simultaneously in the, f the first week, I guess the end of the first week of September, a number of things were happening. A uh, comedian who is, I think, I believe Catholic, named Jen Fulweiler, took umbrage and was taking umbrage to this proposition that you know, I, I take to be just a simple matter of plain statement. I think most people do, yeah. I think most people do. Uh, which that, is why they got mad. The which truth is, always the truth why is it's, always hurtful. Which is always why you know it's true, because, because look at the groups that they get mad. We're going to go through all these issues one by right. one. But um, So she saw it around early last week, early to mid last week. I'm not sure of the timeline, so you're talking end of the first week of September. And then he, he doesn't want to call it double down. He, or the person who runs his Twitter account, without knowing that this Jen Fulweiler, who I, I do believe is a Catholic, um, but is a comedian of sorts, and she had taken umbrage, and maybe incidentally, his Twitter tweeter, his Twitter tweeter, 
had said <laughs> his Twitterer person had said that um, you know hey w- women aren't funny. So Matt took on Friday or Saturday, yes, yesterday or the day before to let, we'll get your your take first, Steph. But I just want to get these facts out there. Uh, he, he took to YouTube and did kind of a walking in a random field video, like here's the deal, and and it's not an apology, but it's kind of an apology. We we want to we want to give some words of encouragement to Matt because he's a nice nice man, just a nice man. And he deserves none of the hell I think he thought he was going to get for this. I don't think he got any. Because he's got a really reasonable audience mm. that sometimes trads think is normier than it is. I mean, there, there are normies in his, in his crowd. There are some people that were offended. But there are also a lot of tradie leaning really reasonable folks um, and, and females in his audience that said, Matt, this is totally true. Why would you apologize for saying two and two and four? Like, women aren't funny. Now, Matt, in that video, in the course of it, um, sort of did an apology because he seemed to be distinguishing between there aren't funny comedians, which is he stood by, which is good for you. 100% Never apologize. One hundred percent the truth. And women aren't funny. And before we get to that, it, it, which he did kind of apologize for 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 the tweet, which implied women aren't funny. It's a little broader, but there's a conceptual connection that's robust between those two propositions. And so we're going to get into it. But first, I have a woman with me. I have. <laughs> I in, am indeed a woman. <laughs> in, a, a human uh, female. Biological woman. Grown. Biological. <laughs> uh, 46 chromosomes in all of their splendor. In all of her splendor. And it's, it's, it's you, Steph. So, I mean, people associate you and, and me with not only uh, Matt Frad, because I, I think the most controversial show that he's ever done was when I went on three summers ago. And I was in the studio there and, and um, really attacked uh, in a full frontal assault feminism. And that's what we actually thought that he was in trouble for because we saw some rumblings about Matt Frad saying something about women. And we were like, oh, is it the Tim Gordon, infamous Tim Gordon, <laughs> Matt Frad interview? It wasn't. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> shockingly. Time. Yeah, I think, I think I just finished doing a video on Friday with our mutual friend, Ours and Matt's, uh, Seamus Coughlin, Shame Cog of Freedom Tunes. A lot of you watch. This is a great show. If you didn't catch it, go see it. He's a, a genuinely funny person. Oh, an man. actually funny person. Actual uh, Catholic Seamus Cog. And he said something that we're going to talk about today that turns out to be prophetic almost. About why the left can't meme. Why the feminist, LGBT, radical left isn't funny. And the one thing that they make jokes about, and as we were doing this show, Steph, literally, and and Seamus is saying this prophetic thing, prophetically true thing, all of this is roiling. All of this imbroglio about Matt Fratt is roiling. And the first thing I saw when we got offline, I looked at the computer and I saw, I think, Hunter Bradford of Church Militant, who's an independent friend of mine, had said something on Twitter about the Matt Frad issue. And I was like, I assumed it was about me, not because I'm a narcissist, <laughs> but because, uh, you know, Matt doesn't typically do uh, controversial shows. And he, you know, he took, he took the normier position between the two of us, he and I. And usually when somebody's getting in trouble for saying something about women, it's usually this camp over here. <laughs> so, yeah. which may, yeah. may make Matt feel like, I don't know if I want these people necessarily <laughs> defending me, but here, Ross. yet here we Tough are. Ross. Yet yeah. here we are. <laughs> well, I'm defending, I'll, I'll defend Matt. He's a nice man. He is not a closet gay. 
which um, lo, lo and behold, you guys know how the woke virtue signaling uh, laughter shaming left works. They literally will say, you better not say you don't like black licorice. That, that's all he was saying. I don't like black licorice. And the, the virtue signaling left, I'll even read a tweet by one of Jen Fulweiler's friends who, who, who did a very simpy tweet. Uh, they say, you better laugh. If this is a woman, you better laugh. All of a sudden, the left's moral relativism, feminism's moral relativism, breaks down. That's another one of the topics we're going to cover today. All of a sudden, it's not just, do you like black licorice or do you like red vines more? Anyone's uh, opinion is equally valid. Everyone's opinion is equally valid. Now, all of a sudden, if it's one of the special protected classes, women, women. then you can't say your simple point of view. So we've kind of... Didn't she say something a like lot of imply these. that he was like a closet homosexual because he didn't find her jokes funny or something? Yeah, that's right. How I'm about t- just you're not funny and he's a straight man? How about just that reality? Right. No, he, <laughs> she she did not imply it. She she said it. She said. Oh, okay. Um, I, I can I'll play right. it for you because I want to play it back to back. She'd said it within 36 hours of Seamus Coughlin, who I guess is a prophet, saying this is exactly what they do. They all, the left always accuses you of being some sort of sex pervert if you say you don't, that, that sodomy is a sin, so, or you're some sort of sex freak if you say that you don't like feminist jokes. So her point of view is if you don't find her jokes funny, then you are a gay man. That's... Closeted. Closeted gay man. Okay. All right. Yeah, I got it. But now people... All right. So what... what Steph, because you are a 46-chromosomed uh, live adult human female... <laughs> And people associate you with being a little bit of a prankster because, hey, I mean, this is your book. Ask your I have to enjoy a good laugh. <laughs> and you signed up for that. After you pissed off all of the feminists who are trying to call themselves Catholic in the world, uh-huh. uh, you, you re, in your second edition, you called yourself Mrs. Timothy J. Gordon. Uh, that's, that shows that Steph is the, the, the Teflon Dawn. They wouldn't let me sense. do that with the first edition. So with the second edition, I am indeed Mrs. Timothy J. Gordon. <laughs> so they associate you with being this laughing, joking, witty, clever prankster. I, I think that's, but, but with, with lots to say that, you know, we're selling, you were selling tons and tons of copies of your first edition of the book before all kinds of stuff happened to it. So how do we, how do you square, and we haven't rehearsed this, how do you square a defense of the truth that, that women aren't funny, uh, that's why there are no comedians who are funny, with the proposition that, that people, that I think is true, people think you're funny, and you do make me laugh with one-liners. We, we haven't rehearsed this. No, I mean, that, I think that's where he... Matt got himself into trouble, so to speak, is that you're not ever allowed to, for any reason, at any time, say anything negative ever about women. He said something that is just true, straight up true. Everybody knows it, that women comedians, they're usually only wanting to drop F-bombs or be super irreverent or talk about their private parts. Even these Catholic ones, they want to talk about how many kids they have and all that. It's like, well, where are the kids? Uh, Where are the kids when you're going around just lollygagging on stage and who's treating your husband like a king at home when you're 
across the country? Who's who's tending to that? Matt said something that is true and everybody knows it. And I think most women in his audience, and I know me and all my friends, when they saw that, they were just like, he's right. He's right. I have never laughed at a female comedian, never one time. And I'm not somebody who's a stick in the mud like these. I could hear the Catholic feminist comedian or whatever her name is now saying, oh, you probably just don't enjoy a good laugh. No, I absolutely do. I probably laugh a little too easily, according to my friends and family. And I've just never laughed at any of your jokes. I don't find you funny at all because I... yeah, it's just, it, I don't find it humorous. And I think most people agree with me. And I think a lot of people, even in Matt's audience, women, were saying, yeah, there's nothing for you to apologize for, dude. Just say what you think, and you're going to make, you're going to piss people off sometimes. That's 100% fine and expected. Okay, but so so all that, you know, obviously I agree with all that. <laughs> obviously I'm with you. But what of, okay, so Matt did this kind of apology video. I only found it late last night. And I didn't, even though I'd seen that Matt was kind of in front, uh, in, in, in quote unquote trouble, and I do put that in quotes and I'll explain why later. It's not real oh. trouble. No one's coming for you. But even though I'd seen that on Friday from Hunter Bradford on Twitter from Church Militant, I, I think I'd heard that it was from July and I thought it was a snap in time uh, m- m- memoir of something that had happened midsummer that I hadn't heard of and I didn't realize how current it was. So I put it aside in my head. After we finish shows, we go down and go get a bite to eat or, get out or of this room. hang out with the kids. <laughs> get out of this upstairs room. And then I, I forgot about it till last night, late. It was actually after you'd fallen asleep. And I was like, this is, this is hilarious for so many reasons. And for so many reasons, when I looked... Uh, that, that pertain somewhat to things that we've said. Like I looked, for instance, at his video, and the first thing I, sa- I saw was my own name. It jumped out at me. Someone was like, just do the Tim Gordon line, and it's actually the Conor McGregor line. Like, I want to take this moment to apologize to absolutely no one. Uh, it's a Conor McGregor line. It's and also, there was a, that video going around on Twitter. I think it was like, was it Matt Getz or something? He, like, they yeah. asked him, like, what do you have to say to people who are offended by your remarks about something? And he was just like, Stone cold face, be offended. That's what you should Just do. Just be offended. Yeah. Ladies who think they're comedians. <laughs> yeah. Be offended. That's fine. But here's one, one word I gave on Twitter of um, friend to friend caution to Matt, <laughs> who, who, who deserves none of the hell. And I don't think he's really getting any hell. I think in his head he thought it was going to be worse than it is. That's always how it is because they can't do anything <laughs> to paper tigers. But oh, here's the thing. To distinguish, what he actually said was, um, I just don't find female stand-ups funny. I don't apologize for that. Good for him. But three or four seconds before that, he said, obviously women are funny. And so when I asked you, we hadn't rehearsed this. Um, When I'm asking you Mm -hmm. how to parse those two statements that seem like they bear a genus to species relation, you know, more broadly, more generic, like a genus, is the statement, obviously women are funny, and, and people, I, I do find your one-liners extremely quippy. You're good on Twitter. You're good with one-liners. You're good with timing. You're funny. People have seen you be funny on this show. So in some sense, Matt's right. Obviously, the, some women are funny. They're more outlier. They, they can be in one-liners, but in terms of entertaining with all the limelight on them, you know, you're the lead. You're going to entertain people for an hour on stage. All of us agree. No, I mean, Jerry Seinfeld agrees. He's not a, an ideologue. 
Com women comedians aren't funny. Same thing. You can't have a female lead that holds down a two-hour film or a full novel. Okay, so because of the fundamental relationship between men and women described in your book, Ask Your Husband. So how would you parse that? That's how I begin yeah, to parse it. Yeah, I was You're thinking funny, about but... that last night. Like one-liners, I think women are, you know, that's a good point. Like I think, you know, I've heard women give one-liners before. I've literally never heard of a, a woman comedian that I thought was, that was, that was funny. Um, I think it does break down to like the differences between the sexes. We're very big on that. And I ultimately, I think that just something that men are obviously much better at is just so showmanship, being up there, performance, that sort of thing. I don't, I don't see women being good at that. And as a matter of fact, when they try to be, it usually always has the same stink to it. It's always usually in the secular female comedian um, arm. It's always them being super crass, dropping the F-bomb, talking about their private parts, no one, like how sexually licentious they are. And they think that's super avant-garde and people need are getting their smelling salts and fainting couches because a woman is speaking the F-word or whatever. They think they're being super cool. And everyone's just rolling their eyes and saying, this is the cringiest, lamest thing I've ever seen in my life. Or you have some of the, I guess, toned down, ethical ones that just want to talk about their kids and their families and stuff and and when they're up on stage i'm just thinking to myself like i said earlier well who's taking care of your family while you're gallivanting all around the country doing a subpar job being a comedian and they say you're not allowed to ask that of course you you ought to be <laughs> yeah well i am asking that because that's that's a question that needs to be asked yeah so okay so here's i, I agree with all that but it's so it, there's something to be said for parsing that but i would say there are at least three reasons why never to do apology videos? Oh yeah. Um, if 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 I could just advise my friend Matt, um, and and it's already done, so no harm, no foul. Or why never to take down tweets? I've taken down tweets. Uh, you know, when I was new at this, at never take down tweets. Just leave them up. Let it ride, baby. Let it ride. Okay. So three reasons why not to do apology videos. Because in principle. Uh, I, I think Nietzsche says it. Don't leave your actions in the lurch. Unless it's an actual sin and it's required of your penance. Don't leave your actions in the lurch. In principle, obviously, um, this is a, a um, thing where upon you've become a social respondent. This is not your conscience pricking you. And by you, I don't just mean Matt, goodly Matt Frad. I mean me, because I'm, I'm much more, you know, a hundred times more than Matt in trouble, for, in so-called trouble for tweets or things I've said on a YouTube video. That's actually where Let we do ride. find women to be funny is when they get mad at us for saying things that are just true. We actually do get a good laugh at that. Accidentally. Yeah, yes. accidentally. <laughs> but it's very boring in, in the other sense. I mean, in, in from, from their point of view, they're, try, they're like, look, I have to be a stick in the mud. I'm going to signal you with all this virtue now. But so that's the first reason never to do apology videos is principle. As applied, it is always going to uh, befuddle what the, the way that you're attempting to apply a principle to a concrete situation. And, and then the third reason you never want to do an apology video is because it literally, you're, it's impossible to even tell what the person doing the apology video really means. Like when Matt said, obviously when, women are funny in the apology video. Then he did say, but I, I don't apologize. I just don't find female stand-ups funny. The audience is left wondering if they're discerning at all. I'm not saying don't make distinctions. Here on Rules for Retrogrades, we are huge <laughs> on distinctions, but that sounds like a distinction without a difference. I find zero 
female stand-ups, a.k.a. comedians, funny, but women are funny in the unbracketed sense. I think if you're going to go there, which he didn't want to, this is an under five-minute video, then you're going to have to get into more distinctions, which automatically take more time. So if you say... Didn't she, by the way, say something to him in response? She said, well, you went to one of my shows. And to which I say back to her, like, well, then that would make him an expert about you not being funny. See, I didn't go to any of your shows, and I don't think you're funny. But Matt happened to have actually sat and saw your performance. Right. And he is in a better position to say you weren't funny. So, you know, take that as you will. <laughs> I've never been to a Jen Fulweiler show, and I am 100% sure that it wasn't funny, Steph says, and I agree. Matt has been to a Jen Fulweiler show, and he's 100% sure she's not funny. You're going to want to come after us, because you can at least hope that there's some margin of error. It's somewhere in our categories, Jen oh, Fulweiler. please come after us. But it, it is really odd... To, and this is another one of the things I want to address. It's really odd to go, you don't like black licorice? You must be a closet homosexual, which is, is a, almost a direct quote, what she said. And, and we're going to get to Prophet Seamus Coughlin, who was on the show Friday while all this was roiling in, in one second. But I do just want to, I, I want to close the point on, is this purely a distinction without a difference? Or is it a distinction that, has a very cautious uh, uh, that, that must be cautiously made to say obviously women are funny I just don't find female stand-ups funny I think that the very the, the fine needle to thread there tell me what you think Steph uh, this is all unrehearsed is women uh, women just obviously are not funny in the same way that men are as leads as entertainers guys that if you've ever known just a really funny dude he gets in the room and he kind of is like there's a spotlight. No, there's never been a woman like that. The yeah. two funniest women I know, two best, quippiest one-liners, texters, <laughs> tweeters, are my wife, sincerely, and my cousin, who you guys have met on the show. Hilarious tweeters and, and one-liners. But both of them in a crowd are... Um, maybe let the less guys so take you. the floor. The guys take the floor. We let the guys take the floor. And yeah. usually it's when women are trying to, to do that kind of showmanship, that's why we get these nauseating platforms like TikTok, where it's like 30 seconds of ultra dramatic, they're wearing costumery. I mean, these are grown <laughs> yeah. women that are doing this stuff. And it's like, that's why ultimately the whole thing is just gross and cringe. It's like just broads, get off the internet. It, 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 and then you see them like entangling their husbands in these little like dance videos and stuff. And I'm just like, this yeah. just reeks yeah. of like just femininity gone totally askew. <laughs> well, femininity running, running foul of masculinity. <laughs> okay. Oh. So do you, do you think we, I don't know, not yeah. perfectly, but can we consider that needle threaded? Like there is a distinction in there somewhere. Where I'm not saying your daughter, and, and our, our, our daughter Maggie's funny. 
In the sense that you are. Again, funny with a like, one-liner. And like the, and like the interpersonal a... one-liners, funny observations, things like that. But these women who are trying to do that, like as a, as a, you're just, it's like women fighters or women MMA people. It's like, you're just not cut out for it. Just stop, stop. It's embarrassing to everyone. And usually the people that find those women funny are other women or these simpy Catholic guys I'm noticing on Twitter that are like, I'm currently laughing at a woman right now. And it's like, oh, take a back seat pal like yeah keep we're, the simp in under control we're gonna read from that simp catholic simp watch <laughs> the man's name is jeremy mcclellan he, he said snarky things about me before i i don't mind i think he he also is uh uh does does some of the the comedy uh he does male comedy not female comedy oh. but he's he does he does some simping nice. as judging by uh a tweet that we're gonna read you in a second but first off I want to sh- – we'll consider that needle-threaded. Women can be uh, – outlier women. It's not even common in the pri- private setting, but outlier women can be clever or witty with one-liners. You're that way. I think Maggie's that way. The cousin's that way. I don't know that many, okay? And it, and it stops the second there's a big group. Then women don't want the limelight. Or the women that do want the limelight don't deserve the limelight, like I, I think uh, Jen Fulwilder there. And the proof is in the pudding. The Pudding being a really funny guy, the funniest dudes I've ever known, don't care if you're like, hey, man, you're not funny. They'll make a joke out of what you're saying. They're, they're not, not getting sensitive. They're not or freaking out hysterical, like losing their minds because somebody said they weren't funny. It's only the female comedians who are like writing letters to their congressmen about somebody saying that they weren't funny or accusing somebody of being gay who doesn't think that they're funny. Like, okay, so here it is. Let's Let's listen to... Jen Fulweiler accusing him. People are like, wow, Jen, like, don't you guys know each other? He's like racking his brain and can't think of one. So I'm actually not going to address that particular video because I get it. Like the guy is hustling for his YouTube income. That's what you got to do in this game to keep your name out there, get your ad revenue from YouTube. I don't want to get a real job either. I get it. I mean, if I, (laughs) you know, look, if I had a podcast, I I mean, I have a podcast, but if I I were dependent on YouTube revenue for my podcast, I would be saying salacious things too. I would be like podcast bros who say women aren't funny. Are they always closet gay or are there other issues? Like, you know, well, and it's like, it's not even that you 100% deep. So, Are they always closet gay? So that's not, that's it's not funny. salacious to say, yeah, what, what the hell is wrong with someone for saying that? That's, I mean, again, you're just getting into uh, defamation suit time. When you ask someone, are you, maybe you're closet gay because you don't find women funny. That's all men everywhere. And most women don't find women funny. Yeah, can I just it's be honest salacious. with her real quick? I guarantee you most of the people behind your back think you're ridiculous and don't think you're funny. And so he, when people say that, when, when they just are honest and say, yeah, female comedians aren't funny, they're just saying out loud what people are saying in their homes. Because I have literally had that conversation just randomly with every single person in my social circle, and every, including women. And they all 100% agree how ridiculous it is when women are doing certain things like comedian, MMA fighting, things like that. Some things are just not cut out for women and again your real job she said that in that that thing she's like oh yeah i don't want to get a real job either your real job is again taking care of your kids and your husband at home so that you have one you have one <laughs> you're just not doing it here's prophet seamus Coglin, who was saying this literally about 15 minutes before i heard about this whole swirling roiling imbroglio <laughs> And it's perfect. It is the perfect description of why women aren't funny and why the left isn't funny. Okay? Um, This was on the show, what, two days ago? Yeah. Yeah. Two days ago, Friday. It's getting really, really boring. It's been boring for a long time, but like, 
if you say something about gay marriage being wrong, you're secretly gay, right? Not like that's the joke. If you say something about pornography being bad, you're probably some kind of sex freak. Like their whole thing is you, you, they're, they're like one joke is this person actually means the opposite of what they're saying. Yeah. Uh, Now, I, we, I guess Jen Fulweiler did this show on Wednesday, two days before, and I, I don't understand the timeline because it only exploded on Friday, but I promise you, I did not even know, and I don't think Seamus knew, we weren't talking about them. We were just talking about the left in general, and it's like he gives this prophetic, perfect answer, knock it out of the park when I asked Seamus, why can't the left meme? Why aren't they funny? Why can't they cartoon? Can we go back to the female nature and, and just humor in general? When a man who's good at comedy, like Tim said, gets up there and delivers a joke, and let's say it isn't actually, it actually isn't funny, they know how to navigate out of that where they make fun of themselves, have a little bit of self-depreciation. Like, that that's actually really funny to see, like, Conan O'Brien or Jay Leno, like, you're like, okay, I guess that one, that joke sucked, and then moved on. It's only women, like this broad, who's getting upset. Like, I mean, again, women of female nature getting upset and emotional and attacking a man that she doesn't even know sexuality because he doesn't find her funny. That's exactly the argument for why women, A, aren't funny, and B, are, are not built for certain things. I was thinking about this last night when we, uh, I'm a bigger boxing fan than MMA fan, but we did watch um, uh, the Diaz-Ferguson fight last night. And I was thinking this watching Nate Diaz, who's kind, you know, not far from our hometown, you know, Stockton is, he, they're also Valley Rats, we are from Bakersfield. <laughs> and they're just, it's tough stock. We always would make this joke. Tough stock come from Stockton. Just street fighter, brawler yeah. guy. But he's skinny. He has no muscles. And neither does his brother, Nick Diaz. But you watch him in the octagon. And I'm not the, the, the giant MMA fan that I am boxing. And he's just comfortable. Remember I kept yeah. saying that? He's loose. There's I a have liquid, there's like liquidity. Yeah, liquidity there. There's a comfortableness there. It's not seeming like you're desperate for attention or frantic when someone says that your jokes suck. You just you just you you're just there. You're yeah. Dasein, you're being there in time, you're present, all the gay oriental metaphors you can use <laughs> that people borrow from from Buddhism, like your your presence is there and it's impressive. And I'm like this cat is just a good street fighter. I don't, I don't find it nearly as beautiful as I find boxing. It's a beautiful art, boxing. But the MMA is cool. It's cool to watch uh, Nate Diaz or his brother, his older brother, Nick Diaz, because they're just they're these skinny guys that are just in there, and they're not hyper skinny. They're just comfortable. And it's kind of like watching Tyson Fury more, more artistically as a heavyweight boxer, just so comfortable with the liquid movements. There's no tightness. There's no self-defensivity. Uh, there's, there's no self-consciousness. There is just being there in time and making all the right um, ways to take up space. That is what the left can't do. That is what more than anyone feminist leftists can't do. And that's what oh. evidently Jen Fulweiler can't do. I mean, she, I, I listened to some other passages from... The, uh, her podcast on Wednesday, and it's it's not the penitential season, so <laughs> I could only stand three or four of them. Uh, they were all sent to me, but really, by really, men didn't think it were, they were funny. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, by 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 someone someone uh, with a brain, yeah, <laughs> who was like, this is really nasty. I, I mean, she to imply that that Matt, I, I, I you know, I hope Matt, I 
he's I don't think he's gonna sue her for defamation, but um, total false light defamation suit or, or even more that you gotta watch what you say. That's the other thing. You can't just get mad, get get catty, and then you know yeah, the ladies, you're not up. allowed to just start freaking out and accusing guys of things just because you don't like their opinions. It's another reason to get off of the get off of there. Yeah, that's a particular kind of defamation where. Being a closeted homosexual, a practicing homosexual, when he's this big-time Catholic influencer guy, given the, the um, phantasmagoria of the Roman Catholic doctrine against active homosexuality, that, that literally would hit him in the pocketbook. That's a big deal. Now, Matt's not going to do that. He's not going to go after her. But the point is, it's like the Regensburg Address, when Pope Benedict gave that in 2006. Remember, he said... He quoted uh, an emperor of the Holy Roman Empire who said, all that Islam has brought is the sword, violence. And they proved him wrong, the Muslims, for the next week by putting a bunch of people to death, the sword. (laughs) You know, we're not violent, we're going to kill you. That's what Jen Fulweiler just did on her show. And another, more specifically, uh, there's another reason why... um, Women aren't funny. It's because, I, I guess you kind of already said this, Debbie. It's like, dude, she got called unfunny, and instead of being like, okay, poopy face, so and making like a funny Jay joke. like the Jay Leno or the Conan O'Brien, where he's just like making a joke out of it and deflecting it, because that's what truly funny people who have talent with that do. They know how to navigate those sorts of situations. She did exactly what you would think like a, a sensitive female would do, because women are more naturally sensitive than males. She attacked somebody she didn't even know not only just attacked him but she made assumptions about his sexuality because he had the audacity to think that she wasn't funny total chick move yeah on 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 a on a bad day or whatever not not all not all chicks do that you wouldn't do that no No. i mean when i say that i'm like other women know what i mean by that of course it's a chick move in in that sense but i I do want to give credit to matt's audience i when i was going i already said this but when i was scrolling through the comments they're all like don't apologize. Please don't apologize. They're saying what I was saying. They're like, no, women aren't funny. I'm a woman. Like, it doesn't matter who I am. Like, common reason, natural reason tells us, no, women aren't funny. They weren't built to be funny. But the, the main, the funniest, ironically, the funniest way of instantiating this principle is by looking at uh, this tweet by her, I guess, is this a co-comedian, Jeremy McClellan? Um, he pictured her in front of an audience and he goes he tweeted about 24 hours ago currently watching a girl be funny please alert the catholic influencers so i mean if this would never happen with uh, even larry david who was a bitter comedian and would say f you to the audience if they didn't like his comedy which would be funny (laughs) that itself would be funny or at least entertaining and he wouldn't take to twitter and or have his friend take to twitter and be like oh well new yorkers can be funny and i'm currently watching him by the way currently watching a girl be funny please alert the catholic influencers i responded i think a genuinely good one-liner and here's what it was uh, on twitter did you alert the audience? <laughs> it's like when Jeb Bush like finished his his speech and he's like, and there was like an awkward silence where he's expecting applause and he was just like, you may applaud now. <laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no. It's like, bro, come on, that's so ick, dude, stop that. Like, and that's did you add, did you at Catholic Simp Watch? Because I really hope you did on that one. 
Yes, I did. I did. I did have Catholic oh, boy. I, I genuinely Yikes. did. I, Catholic, Catholic Simp Watch, if you're simp watching this, please. Uh, Jeremy McClellan's tweet from about 20, 23 hours ago. He said, currently watching a girl be funny. Please alert the cat. Bro, if she is really funny, my dog, my dude, then you know what's going to happen? People are going to laugh without you saying, that's funny. <laughs> you will laugh. laugh. <laughs> you, know? you will laugh at her jokes. Yeah, you will laugh at her <laughs> and jokes. And you will love them. You know what she was trying to do when she when she uh, delivered that punchline? She was trying to make you laugh. So you laugh. That's not how comedy works. You got to be loose. You got to be Nate Diaz. You got to be Tyson Fury in the ring. Loose. You got to be a male. I also don't want to watch uh, female UFC fighters or female boxers. Amen. So you got to be a male, prong number one. You got to be loose then. Not all males can do that thing. That's very rare, even among that subset of the humans. And the number one mark of not being loose is when you're literally like Dwight Schrute uh, after a Michael Scott joke going around and trying to enforce laughter, trying to bring forth laughter from the larynxes of the subordinates. Oh, gosh. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't want to see dudes in like a a female public bathroom and I don't want to see broads on stage doing comedy. How about that? (laughs) We should get that made into a sticker. (laughs) I just think... So that's Prophet Seamus. That was really remarkable timing. But when I look at, oh, I'm looking at my notes for the show. I'm just thinking, when are Catholics, parish orphans, retrogrades, you guys are, you're all, I'm guessing probably with us on this. It's a common sense thing. Matt's not out there to be salacious. He's not out there to be salacious. He was the most controversial show that's ever dropped on Pints with Aquinas was me out there saying I'm sick of seeing public wifely outbursts against their husbands. I'd just come from Disney World the day before. So had you. We saw so much wifely misbehavior, so much wifely unsubmission that I was just like, look, I got to talk about it. I'm so sick of tantrums. I'm so sick of tantrums. And it's not even as a man. It's just as a consumer of goods and services Well, it's just women are allowed to behave badly. Case in point, this broad going up on, on her podcast and calling somebody gay because they don't think her jokes are funny. They're just allowed to act that way. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of seeing women acting so out of control. And then people like this stupid simp guy who's like, oh, how charming, how charming it is. It's enough already. Well, the Dwight Schrute guy saying, you better laugh. You know yeah, what she's trying it's to do. ridiculous. I, what I'm saying to you, parish orphans and retrogrades, who I, I know are, are with us on this, is there's a generational emperor's new clothes phenomenon happening where with not all of the baby boomers, but, but most, let come now. Come now. See here. You never want to be told see here by a man. See here, though. Most of the baby boomers are the ones that gave us this. No woman can ever do wrong, and you can never call it out or acknowledge it publicly for any reason. And the Gen X really absorbed that. This is a a, a small, quick, uh, uh, not lengthy uh, generation spanning the fewest years of any of the generations by the popular generation counts. The boomers and the mini boomers, Gen X, that even even some right wing Catholic Gen Xers uh, I've been noticing on Twitter just are totally silent on feminism. But what I'm telling you guys now is with this generational emperor's new clothes phenomenon of, you know, saying that, that wasn't a funny joke, though. Why is everyone laughing this forced laugh? 
it's only some of most of the boomers and most of the Gen Xers that are like, ha, 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 that was funny. And it's time for a reckoning. Parish orphans and retrogrades. I mean, I, not to be too, like, infomercially, but <laughs> this book and mine, you know, my, my, my uh, case for patriarchy, they represent a reckoning. Not in the sense that it's, they're perfectly composed nonfiction books. Not in the sense that we had really any special insight. But in the simple sense that, as Hegel said, uh, in Phenomenology of Spirit, the time was ripe. The time is ripe to undo the generational emperor's new clothes of Gen X and the boomers. Saying that just like you, you watch on Twitter, if someone attacks feminism, and Matt, Matt Fred doesn't normally do it nearly as aggressively as Steph or I do, then you'll either see the aggressive virtue shaming counter coming mm -hmm. across the table or silence. And that's just not this generation. Millennials are sick of it. Millennials are like, no, we're going back the other way, man. We're just going. You cannot be a Catholic feminist. Same thing I told Matt Frad. Same thing I told Trent Horn when we debated feminism. There's no good feminist because there are only four waves of feminism. One, two, three, four. Wave one, two, three, four. And all four of them stand centrally, revolve centrally, in here, centrally, around the premise that wives, once married, do not need to obey or submit to their husbands. And it's in the Bible and in so many encyclicals and in all of the Catholic millennia that it can't be denied. So there needs to be a reckoning. And it's not that we're genius. There are compositional flaws in every author's work. It's just that maybe, maybe, maybe we're daring. I, I'll, I'll take that. So we're daring to say it. We had a, a, a wacky, wacky 2022, spring and early summer because of it, right? Um, and without getting right. into all those details again, you know, the, the most unique thing about Ask Your Husband or Case for Patriarchy, these books here, is the audacity, <laughs> right? The audacity of hope, as Barack Obama would audacity. say. Audacity. So, dare we hope? Yeah, dare, dare, dare I we? hope? Uh, so, but I mean... Christianity has made it utterly clear. Feminism sets itself squarely against the central proposition that wives must submit to their husband. They must do so in the home. Husbands are public. Wives are private. That's another reason they can't be funny. Being funny is a fundamentally public thing. And it's just time. It's time for a, a change of the guard. And it's well, just feminism time for is people to just start saying what's what they think and, you know, not backing down. Like, I respect somebody so much when I'm sitting across. We had a friend over recently and he brought his wife and she the first time I met her. And one of the first things she said to me was, oh, this is some of the things I disagreed with in your book. I read your book and these are the things I disagreed with. Like, And she wanted to talk to me about it. I respect the hell out of that. I really think most people do just because you're just an authentic human being. Everybody can sniff out with like an apology video. When you say something, everyone knows like when you originally say something, you're usually saying something more authentically what you think. And then when you're having to backpedal, everyone knows there's, it's insincere. Everyone knows why people do that. It's because they're getting heat, they're getting flack, their own base is getting pissed off or whatever. Just say what you think. And if you disagree with somebody, big deal. Who cares? Why does everybody freak out when you disagree with them about something? There's, I mean, so many people in our audience right now probably 
hate one out of every three things I'm saying, or maybe even more. It's like, fine, you, you'll, you'll be okay. Everyone will, will be all right at the, at the end of the day. We'll all survive and we'll get through this together. But here's the thing. I, I agree with all that, obviously. But <laughs> at one valence shell deeper into the atom or whatever, the electron, whatever it is, I don't think that many people disagree with what we're saying. The woke virtue signaling leftist mob, the feminists and lesbians and gays and bisexuals that try to force you like Jeremy McClellan on Twitter to say two and two is five. They're not as strong as they've been capable at making themselves seem. They're not nearly that strong. They don't have the numbers that they, that they think they have. It's like Bugs Life. All we have to do is as the ants against the the uh, grasshoppers of feminism is it takes a couple of us to stand up and then we realize we've got the numbers we've got christianity on our side we've got the the truth recto ratio on our side all it takes is a few people to stay up this is what i yeah. uh, this is what i said to matt publicly on twitter i said never ever truckle to the special interest mob matt apology vids get pwned by the screeching harpies who generated them in the first place. Tell them to cope and seethe. This is step number one in a one-step process of avoiding becoming, you've heard me talk about this, a captive creator, the inverse of a captive audience. Captive creators are content makers who get so hamstrung by curating popular opinion that they can no longer give their own opinions. Holding fast to your own star is a slower but a spiritually steadier growth model, one which confers and sustains vastly more equanimity. That was a follow-up tweet. You've heard me talk about that, especially recently. It's been something I've been thinking about a lot. There are captive audiences and captive creators. And I just said to him in closing, hang tough and hang loose and call if you need anything. Be loose, be loose, not, not morally, <laughs> be tight morally, but be loose when it comes to all of us who are out there in the public eye, Catholic influencers, influencers, Simplicitaire. We need to be kind of loose, like Nate Diaz in the ring. You don't really know why he is until you see him fight, but he doesn't have big muscles. <laughs> he's not, he doesn't look particularly fast, but he's loose and he's got the technique to back it up. You, Matt Frad, have a, a very reasonable audience. I was very impressed with And it's okay what to have to an opinion. Yeah. Now, apologize or apologies are are good and, and, and holy when they're owed and when it's usually for things like you're wrong about something. And that, that's happened on our channel before as well. Like Tim says something, we look back and like, actually that's not correct. Then, okay, fine, apologize. But you don't have to apologize for having an opinion. If people don't like your opinion or they think that it's stupid or whatever, then go pound sand, who cares? Like nobody, that was Matt's opinion. He, Matt Frad, doesn't find stand-up women funny. Okay, big deal. It's I, I honestly, when I saw that there was even controversy over this, that he gave, that that was just his taste. It's like getting upset at somebody because they don't like chocolate cake. They prefer vanilla. Yeah. It's just like, yeah. who are these women who are out there trying to be like simultaneously say like, oh, no, we're good. We're tough. We're strong. We're independent. But they're also freaking out like children because somebody had a, an opinion that they don't agree with. It's so ridiculous. It's disfavorable to them. And you, you talk about this in Ask Your Husband. You're like, look. Don't come for me, ladies. Yeah. Knives out. 
Because I said that you should obey your husband because it's just what Christianity says. Because I don't care. Or I give my opinion. Christianity doesn't doesn't give us this propositional dictum so so clearly as the obey your husband. That you can't disagree with. Women have to submit to their husbands. You should just ask a preacher or a Catholic influencer, do you believe this? Do you submit to all of the nine places in the Bible where women have to submit to their husbands? But the second thing is more me opining, and I think it's a strong basis for an opinion based on some of those scriptural passages, but you say in your book, don't come at me also, knives out, feminists, because I say, look, you're going to have a better time if you uh, pursue behaviors around the home, ladies, that are consonant with, pursuant to being a lovely lady, right? Treating your husband like a king and not like some slob that you're like complaining about on TikTok or whatever. It's so undignified. Right. Like, like you know, bo- both parties, but probably especially women, should be trying to wear the, the favorite outfit, should be trying to uh, stay in shape, should be yeah. trying... That's more you opining, but it's it's more like a recto ratio, very strongly premised opinion based on a something that all Christians have to believe. And I, you gave a nice disclaimer in the book on, don't come at me with this. This is my point of view. It's strongly evidenced. I, I have a strong rationale for this point of view. I think... All the people that would come at me and complain about it anyway would not be complaining on the ground that it's wrong, right? Because it's going to be a nicer mm-hmm. marriage if both parties are trying to please each other, but especially Obviously. the submissive one. Right. Especially, I mean, because I can tell you, I, I, had this con- I had this conversation with neighbor dudes around here, with randos in the grocery store. They're like, I do X, Y, and Z to get away from the ball and chain. I have never in my entire married life, 17 plus years, said, uh, I do X, Y, or Z to get away from the ball and chain because you are my best friend and the funnest person to be around. I mean, it's not, you have the occasional argument and it's not much fun, but we can honestly say without the Seamus Coughlin uh, denoted hypocrisy charge from the left. Yeah, they love saying Christians are hypocrites. We can honestly say, dude, I just... You're my favorite person to be around. At the end of the day, I would get out of work when I had a regular job, and all the guys would tease me. I just want to go be with my wife, man. She's pretty. She's prettier than you. She smells better than you. (laughs) She's fun to be around. She makes me things. But I'm not funnier than them. (laughs) She's not funnier than them. You're very witty, though. You are witty in your way, but you're not. You're not funny. But I don't. Men aren't attracted. Men don't need to be around other dudes all the time. I'm around you for eight hours at work. Men want to be around other dudes all the time when their wives are terrors at home. (laughs) That's usually when the guys are like like making the man caves and doing like just a ton of extracurricular activities when their wives are just not like just being chill at home. Which I think I said on on that interview heard around (laughs) the world on Matt Fred. I was like, dude, bro, I don't have a man cave, man. I have, have a man house. I have a man house. That sounds more macho, like I'm beating my chest. That's not even how I meant it necessarily. Yeah, I mean, tech, there, there's an element of machismo in that proposition that it's, hey, it's a whole man house. I don't need to be relegated to one of the darker fringes of the, the property. <laughs> but there's a more meaningful and I think a softer note in there. And the softer note is... I'm not, I don't want to be banished from you. I mean, literally, can you, maybe you could take this moment to 
Uh, I'm just thinking about well, it. that's just why. What I, do I do around the house? I want to be around you. That's yeah, where I want to be. We're it's, fun. It's funny. Every time Tim does get a, a speaking engagement or does anything, we always tell them, like, do you have RV parking? Because we're always, our family is just always together. And I think that was part of, you know, not to keep talking about my book, but that was one of the reasons why I wanted to write it. Because I wanted women to start reclaiming the beauty of homemaking and their families and just how fulfilling that that actually is and how beautiful it is and what a gift you're giving to your children, not just your male children, but especially your female children. You're you're setting them up for such a, a lovely example of the vocation. You look at the Virgin Mother and you see what she did in her simplicity. Like Was she, you know, touring around the United States and, you know, trying to like make everybody chuckle? And then, you no, know, she was just very simple. She was private. She was behind the scenes. It's, there's, and there's great beauty and dignity in that. And I know a lot of these feminists are like, oh, you just shackled, you know, around all day or whatever they try to say. It's like, you know what? My husband loves me enough. He wants to protect me. Tim, he gets nervous if I if I'm out in public without him. He's worried about me. And that's not because he's creepy or weird. It's because he genuinely loves me, respects me and wants me to be safe. But also, and happy. but also I get bored. I, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that is true. No, that that's true. You're, you're, you're kind of missing the point I'm making. Oh, yeah. he gets nervous. They're going to be like, oh, the codependence. They're no. always looking for the Seamus Coughlin uh, denoted, oh, they always like, do, yeah. quickest angle from A to B. Okay, call him a hypocrite. Call him a sex pervert. Call right. him weird. Call him the. No, look, me and you are friends, like best friends. And yeah, there it's a friendship between unequals, like you talk about in chapter four or five of your book. Yeah. Like Aristotle says, but it's only unequals in rank. It's literally, you can only have this kind of super, super close friendship between unequals. And I literally, I don't know what to do around the house without you. We're <laughs> always together. We always run errands together. That's the main thing we do when we get done here. It's like, okay, let's let's take a drive into town. We kind of live in the forest. We, we find some errand to do. We talk. We laugh. We get a snow cone in the car with the kids and I just can't – I don't want to imagine being away from you. That doesn't mean it's, it's perfect. You've got to work at stuff. But I, I think it's, it's impossible to do what I'm trying to do. This needle is impossible to thread because Jen Fulweiler and all of her friends and, and all of the uh, Catholic feminists out there like Favale – They'll watch this and they'll they'll just they just try to pick nits and like impose like their own negative miserable presuppositions on somebody because they say something they don't like like oh oh you tell your husband where you are during the day it must be because he abuses you it must be because you're brainwashed it must be this how about this how about I married because I'm a smart woman a good guy. And he treats me really, really well. And I treat him really, really well. And we just really like spending time with each other. You don't have to slap on any sort of negative whatever she did with Matt Frad. Like, oh, he must be a closet this. He must be. How about just somebody who's just genuinely happy because they're trying really hard to do well at their vocation? That because couldn't I'm be what it is. I'm focusing on him, and he's focusing on me. And our married vocation is number one, and then we develop that, diverge that, that attention then to our children. How about just that? Yeah. How about the common sense answer to the old mobster question? What's, what's a greater form of bond, uh, a way a, a mobster bonds himself? Is it fear or love? Love every time. Mm-hmm. It's love every time. What's, what's you know, fission or fusion? I don't know what, technically speaking, the, the scientific answer is, but it's, it's fusion, right? It's not fission. That, why can't it be that? 
I don't understand. If you believe, if you're a Catholic, a Catholic feminist, though trying to be a Catholic, why is it so hard to believe, aside from your lived experience, feminist, because you, if you're a feminist, you don't have this experience with your husband. <laughs> why is it so hard to believe, though, for the sake of getting the question out there, that two people married each other because they are A, sexually attracted to each other and it's just fun to be around someone you're sexually attracted to <laughs> sorry sorry to make it a little pg but <laughs> b they're your favorite person in the world which is what the heck your husband or wife is supposed to be c you get bored when they're away d they make you happier than anyone else even your other friends right a b c d boom answer that for me maybe you all didn't marry so well maybe you're all afraid of each other i hear a lot of cucked dudes trying to sound macho but proving the opposite by talking about their wife as a ball and chain that they're afraid of in their man caves and their escapism and the and the same thing for the women it's, it's like these women who simultaneously say i'm so smart independent and then they gripe about their husbands in the next breath and i'm like wait smart women pick good husbands so if you're one of those women who are just griping about your husband all around, all around you're wearing like a, like a big sign on your head that says, I'm not smart enough to pick a good dude. So you can't say both things. You're either a smart woman and you pick a great guy that you want to serve and, and have a lovely home life with, or you just didn't and you're complaining about your husband in public. And see, I just want to point out. So, and this is not because... <clears throat> we we make no mistakes or we've never made mistakes in our marriage or we've never made reasoning errors. Ask any of my professors. You know, I've made plenty of those. But we've thought a great deal more than people out there in the public at large, even the Catholic public, about feminism. Maybe especially the Catholic public about feminism. So our answers are strong yet totally honest. And there's a kind of danger to, um, I think I think it was a show before that, um, someone had said, I don't watch too much other content, but there was a show before that on, on Matt Frad, maybe the one right before all this broke out, where, you know, he was he was going through some of the news, and he said, you know, someone, his, his show call screener guy, whatever, uh, read a comment that was like, oh, Tim, Tim Gordon was pretty, was pretty fair to Bishop Barron. Um, insofar as he, he thought he did a decent job with, with Shia. And Matt was like, yeah, yeah, well, I don't agree with him about everything. I think he just meant he's not as strong anti-feminism as me. Maybe there's other positions that I don't know about, but I think that's all he meant. But he said, Tim tries to be balanced. Thank, thank you for the compliment, Matt. I, um, here's, I, here's how I would just say, I don't actually try to be balanced. I try to be true. I try to serve the truth in everything I do. And that makes the appearance of what, what I think you're kindly yeah. trying to compliment mm -hmm. as balanced. I don't try to be balanced. The truth is lopsided. The truth is not 50-50 between the left and the right. The truth in today's culture is strongly on the right somewhere. I try to find the truth. And so I can be simultaneous about, oh, dude. Yeah, uh, when I looked at the Vatican II documents, this is the second time I went on Matt Frad's show. After he'd had his most controversial show ever, Matt does try to find the truth in his way. He, he doesn't like the controversy that arose from me being on the first time. He had me back on a second time, so thank you for that, Matt. And it was all to give me the opportunity to tell his audience, hey, I learned some new stuff about the Vatican II constitutions. 
when I looked at them and had them researched in detail. And so everyone, you know, Matt was giving me compliments then. It was kind. It's too kind. We don't have to keep talking about it. But the point is, it's not because I'm trying to be balanced. It's because I'm trying, all I want is the truth. And if I've ever said something wrong or done something wrong, please just let me know. But the, the, our positions reflected collectively in, in Ask Your Husband and Case for Patriarchy are not wrong. They are so lopsidedly true and so crying out, you know, Vox, Clementis, and Deserto to be said by any bishop or I guess Catholic layman since it falls to us, <laughs> that you can't, you literally can't overstate how opposed Catholicism is to feminism. And um, what we're, we're going to do is um, please do buy Case for Patriarchy and, and Ask Your Husband. Go to the website. You can get an autographed copy of Ask Your Husband, this new edition. <laughs> but because some people don't have the time to read, don't have the money to buy a you know, 20 to $30 book, what we're going to do very soon, we're trying to get it ready for today and it was just getting too late, <laughs> is we're going to release something called, it's a PDF called Just the Sources. What, did you want to tell them about Just yeah, the Sources? Yeah, we're just basically compiling all that. Because a lot of these people get into, a lot of you out there get into these conversations like we are today. Or I noticed that Matt Fratt is, is getting into about these issues because feminism is everywhere. I know everyone might get kind of sick of us always talking about it, but it's, it is under every rock. I mean, ev almost everything you can kind of needle in on it being caused by feminism. You have to be able to talk about these things, and especially in the Catholic community, you need to have your sources ready. And you have to be, re you, you have to be willing to talk about it openly, and you have to be able to answer some of the objections that you hear. So this, we made this document, it's just a, we just basically listed out all of just the sources from both of our books, where we got it, who said what, what Pope said what, and at the end, I think there's like brief, common objections that, that we always hear from the feminists and just very simple ways of hands answering those things. Because I want to just say, like on a second thing, I want to give Matt Frad some encouragement and just everyone out there, if you have an opinion, just say, say it. it. Just say it. Yeah. You are never going to, people are going to get mad at you. Like I will get 30 emails that I will not read because I'm too busy <laughs> today about what I just said. I don't care. You cannot care. You're going to make people bad. If you're being honest and you're being an authentic person and you're just being like, hey, listen, this is who I am. You either like it or you don't. I, that's fine. You can move on to another Catholic channel if, if what I'm saying is upsetting you or you're, you're, you're getting overworked Verklempt. or whatever, reclaimed or lost for speech. That's yeah. fine. That's 100% fine. We'll get people that write us an email and be like, I'm not watching you anymore. And I'm just like, that's 100% fine. May I God suggest? Bless you. God I, bless I'll you. give them a list of suggested other channels they should go to. <laughs> I'll be like, okay, you seem like you might be more of like a Catholic Answers person. I mean, I, no, I'm not trying to dig at them. I'm just saying like, if you don't like some of our things, I'll suggest you go somewhere else. That's 100% fine. And then just for people in, who aren't doing this, you know, like what Tim does for, for a living, who are just out in the world, just say what you think. Just say what you think. That's a leftist tactic. And a, and, a, and a tactic of feminism is to get people to recoil and feel embarrassed or ashamed for just having an opinion. It's okay for people to have separate, uh, differing opinions. I, I actually enjoy those conversations more when somebody comes up at, comes to me and says, hey, I disagreed with you about this, and we talk about it. It's far more entertaining. I'm thinking, though, there's a bimodal distribution in terms of how things go for a truth speaker who just says, okay, I'm going to follow your advice, Steph. 
there, there's two ways it goes. If you have a tribe like like Matt does, yeah. or, or like we do, the retrogrades, the parish orphans, they're the ones that we can confidently say, advise, dude, just say what you're going to say. Your people will have your back. Matt, if you're listening, your people will have your back. I saw it on full display yesterday when I read the comm box. Those people, it, like us, like, like even the people had our back even when I got, you know, fired two summers mm-hmm. ago. Those people really should know it, and that's what makes them a thought leader. It's like, okay, there's, there's a symbionts to that. They're, they have the mic, and their crew, their tribe has their back. Who I feel bad for are the folks out there at the water cooler at their job that, that can't, that literally feel with more than a paper tiger's impetus uh, uh, coming the other way, countervailing paper tiger's impetus coming the other way, that feel like they, they might get fired if they, if they say the truth, if they don't say two and two is five. Those guys, you people out there, most of you, I feel worse for because Aesop, Socrates, Jesus, one thing those three guys agree on is that the normies get nasty. They act nasty. Now, there are sweet-hearted temperaments among the normies. Lots of them are. But the thing a normie does by the essential property, the quiddity of being a normie is if they buy into the great mainstream lie, there's a whole network of lies comprising the mainstream, but whichever lie we're talking about, here it's feminism. <laughs> if they buy into it, they are programmed to get nasty even if they're a sweet temperament. In the Aesop's Fable, I believe, we, it's not the American happy version of the kid calling the nude emperor some nude pervert and everyone gets hip to it. That's the American <laughs> version of it. That kid gets killed, I believe, in Aesop's Fable. Someone double-check me, but I'm, I'm pretty sure. Socrates got killed. You get hemlock. You get hemlocked. Jesus, we know what happened. And he christens the whole thing and he says, the normies are worth saving even though they'll kill me. But the myth of the cave, Socrates, you go back to set free those people who are imprisoned in the cave being tricked by sophists, like feminists, like LGBT, like the Marxists, like the socialists. You go back in the cave once you're a freed prisoner and you do so out of love for the souls and the minds of those people. And what do they do? They kill you every time. It's the matrix. So those folks out there, parish orphans, retrogrades, I do feel bad for, for you guys because not everyone is an influencer. Not everyone has a tribe out there. That's what the symbionts is. That's why you tune in to the really strong <laughs> thought leaders that, that, that are like, look, why not me? Like, I'll, I'll take this risk. And it, it's not like I just do it because uh, I'm so bold. No, no, no. Because it can be scary. Let's be honest. I'm, I'm talking to Matt now. But when you have a tribe as big as you do, who mm-hmm. are supportive and, and smart, uh, they will have your back. And there's a lot of people that were reasonable. Uh, you know, I read, only read a few of those comments on his video that were just like, yeah, I may not disagree with Fred, but he's allowed to have an opinion I don't agree with. You know, so it's just like, just go forward, strong and true, Matt. <laughs> and most of them agreed. Most of them were like, I do agree, and you should have, have, and you should be allowed to have an opinion. Some of them balked a bit and said, I don't agree, but you should be allowed to have opinion. Only the crazies that you want to shed from your tribe, from your audience, 
so that you don't become a captive creator are the ones that say, I disagree and you shouldn't be allowed to have an opinion. Matt Frad, who's got a YouTube subscriber count of however many, six figures, he shouldn't be allowed an opinion. No human being is going to parrot your sentiments and, and private feelings 24-7. You ought to be expecting him to usually say something of value to you. But certainly it's clear enough, evident enough, <laughs> that we all agree about female comedians. They're just not fun. Everyone does. That's why they're sensitive about it, I think. <laughs> You're not allowed. To, you could say two and two is three, right? You don't have to say two and two is five. You can be wrong in other ways, in other variant manners of error. You can't say two and two is four because they know the, the, uh, the knowability, the cognizability of the truth is it's got that fusion force. People are naturally drawn to the truth. And once they start seeing one, two, three guys saying it, well, then, then things are going to turn around. I, I, would, I would just add this cautionary note. Yeah, take heart, Matt. It's, it's, you know, it's not that big of a deal anyway. But it is important, and I would say that um, with, with your great audience... And with uh, Trent Horn's audience, which is some overlap, a little, a little different, a little maybe, maybe Trent's audience a little normier than Matt's. Matt's is a slightly normier than mine. If I had to rank it, I don't know. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just approximating or trying to quantify wrong. But through those two dialogues, the, the more debating, forensical one with Trent and then the more conversational one with Matt from uh, two to three years ago, it has shaped the dialogue. And, and, and then, then my book, then Steph's book, it has shaped the Catholic dialogue. And as much as we were talking about it, we were discussing behind the scenes with, with Matt about how, how things went after I came on his show three years ago, and it was his most controversial show ever about <laughs> feminists. It was the same Funny. phenomenon then as what I saw last night in the com box. The up to down thumbs ratio, particularly at first, it got flooded by feminists later. I still think it's like 10 to one like to dislike or something, but it was like 15 to one. And I pointed this out to Matt. I'm like, look, man, I know it sounds crazy. I know when you got your fingers in those Chinese finger traps, you want to pull out, you want, you want to pull apart. But really what you do, you do the opposite of what your, the, the, the reptilian, crocodilian part of the human brain tells you. No, do the opposite thing. Push, push further. You lean in. Lean in. Just lean, lean into in. that opinion, Matt. And, and that will <laughs> set you free. Don't let them lean, make you lean away from it. Just full on lean in. Take yeah. this moment to apologize to absolutely nobody. Yeah, exactly. Like Conor McGregor. Because it was the same thing then. It was like, people were like, dude, no, I, I, this, this resonates with me. This resonates with me. I, I. I I, have you ever heard like an apology? Not that this is Matt, but like, have you ever heard, by the way, of an apology video where somebody backtracked what they said and you didn't instantly just feel gross and lose complete respect for them? Because everyone knows what's happening there. They just got pressured into do it. There has never been one apology video that I've ever heard where I just didn't feel totally disgusted that the person was allowing themselves to be knuckled under like that. Right. And technically Matt, Matt saved it. He pulled it out yeah. of the fire four minutes in, three minutes in, when he's like, no, I don't apologize for the original July video. Good for him. I was worried. And now, it came a little close to that, but good for you. Thank you. The Drew Brees thing, I mean, we, I'm not going to start enumerating yeah. all of the, the apology videos where you get the worst of both worlds. You look like a coward, and the left piles on anyway. They don't even let you off the hook. 
It's like in 310 to Yuma when the sheriff bails out on Dan Evans and, and the uh, Ben Wade's gang just kills him anyway. Charlie Prince just kills him anyway. <laughs> right. That's what they do to you. Don't be the Drew Brees. Be the, be the Teflon Don like Donald Trump. That's what everyone loved about Donald Trump. Just, just hang tough and your people will love you. Yeah. It's a little different for the, anon, the Anons out there. They don't have a tribe, so we have to speak up for them. Because that's you... the game, is getting you to knuckle under. They don't even care about the apology video. They just want to see that if they cause, a, and it's usually women, led by women, make a big enough stink about something that you will back down. They don't give a damn about what you say on your apology video. It's just seeing that you will knuckle yourself under to their power. Just right. don't allow them to do it. Just tell them, like, be offended. Go pound sand. I don't care if you're upset. If you're upset, then go find another channel. Right. The the mortification, the humiliation is the point of the radical left. Yeah. Radical feminists, feminists like Jen Fulweiler, they're not trying. They don't care about contrition or, or meeting heart to heart with mm -hmm. you. They don't care about that. What they care about is the vulgar display of power. You've heard me talk about this lately. Exercised by, hey, I could get him to bend the knee. I could get him to go through the ritual hand washing of, now I, I, I'm not saying women aren't funny. Just say, it. yeah. Well, if there are no female comedians, then women probably aren't funny in the univocal use of the term, in the primary use of the term, maybe in some equivocal sense. And you don't even have to qualify if Matt Fred doesn't find even yeah. like regular women funny, like just not even comedians, but just a regular woman. If Matt Fred came out tomorrow, which he didn't say, but if he did, I don't just don't find any women funny ever for any reason. I just, okay like who cares <laughs> yes that's right don't don't qualify yeah have you ever seen a movie about a kid like a karate kid type of thing with a bully where the kid truckles to the bully and you feel good after the movie i don't even think yeah. i've seen one of those because no one wants to watch it you want to see the bully get punched in the mouth hard well the bully is in a word uh the feminist uh in a in a manner of speaking in a in a in an allegorical manner of speaking, <laughs> oh, you want to see you want to see the bully get punched in the metaphorical mouth, and that is by people. The way you do that with with this this um, the info wars that we're living through, info wars becoming spiritual wars, is not to actually punch anyone in the mouth. It's to just say, like Matt Gatz, uh, be offended. I I I said what I said. I believe it. Why don't you go and say the opposite Why on don't your you write platform? Why do funnier jokes or just do what you're meant to do? Just go home and serve your children and your... All right, somebody said in chat that she has a lot of kids. This is Jen. It's like, okay. Six. Perfect. Six kids. All right. I have, I have seven children. So I, I, I know what that's like to have a lot of kids. And they need their mom at home. 100%. Like, don't try to bullcrap me that they don't. They hunt, kids need their mom at home. And you can get off my stoop if you think otherwise. Because everyone knows the truth. Yeah, it's a whole other show because, you know, the, the, her kids might be a little older. So people start start tripping over themselves and say, well, isn't the, the, the role of the mother different when Teenagers the kids Teenagers get... need their parents a lot more, lot too. I mean, they have a lot of emotional needs as well. So. Right. It's less time intensive. I'll grant that. But it's morally more intensive. You need to be around. You need to be available like uh, Machiavelli talks about. Sonny talks about it when he's talking to Calogero <laughs> in the Bronx Tale, right? Availability. Availability. You need to be available even if you're not having to change poopy diapers like we are with the, the newborn or you're not having to breastfeed like a newborn or a, a one or two-year-old. Mm -hmm. 
Availability is more you're you're constantly there just as a watchman because teenagers have bigger, more morally grave problems. And so oversight's important. I don't want to get too personal with the, the full Weiler stuff. but She got pe- personal with Fred. It's like she deserves No, it. I know. I know. I don't want to get personal in the way that I don't want to get personal. I, yeah. Again, I'm not a reactor. I'm an actor. <laughs> so I don't, I, I'm not one of these See, guys. that was like, the woman in me. That, that was, was the like, woman in you. You're oh, like, well, I'm she got. Get her back. <laughs> I, there's, I have a limit. I don't want to get too personal. But she's saying, well, my kids right. are more independent. It's like, well, there is, there are natural if they're independent, they would be out of your house. Are you talking about kids that are still in your house? Because if they're in your house living under your roof, they're not in. No, but you're doing the woman thing, right? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, literally, you're like, no, no, there is natural variation even among our kids, right? It's mm-hmm. not just a genetic thing. They yeah. do need your time in differing quantities and ways. And I see that. Mm-hmm. But no kid, even a 17-year-old that still lives with you, which is your point, needs your time so little that uh, particularly the mom can just be away. And look, this isn't about shame. This is about just, look, iron sharpening iron, which is a man with a man mm-hmm. thing. Men tend, manly men that are high T tend to take constructive criticism well. Women famously don't take it as well, but good women do. And, and um, I would just say, look, maybe the whole thing could be a learning experience to everyone. Maybe we can all lick this feminism thing together. Maybe not make a villain out of Frad or Fulweiler or anyone. Right? Maybe just let's all look at this thing. Feminism is the original sin uh, of Adam and Eve in the garden. And we, we all fell. We all have to die because, you know, Adam, because of Adam, because he wasn't, he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do, which is to be the caretaker of his wife. And maybe instead of everyone shaming each other, that's not what we're trying to do, even with uh, Jen Fulweiler. Maybe honestly, just consider. Read these passages. Read, we will release it soon, the just the sources. Read all our passages as none of our commentary, Bible and citations from encyclicals in the 20th century. It is shocking. It's hard to read that thing as a... As a if it's a, 28 pages long, because I get a lot of people don't have time right to read books, so we just got the sources for you. But I think it's 28 pages long, and we just lay it out, what Pope said, what the Catechism says, what the Bible says. It just, it's really great. And no one could read it that's honest or even a little honest and be like, yeah, the thing for me to do is to, uh, you know, be away from the kids more, right? So, so it's, we're, we're pulling back into the generic and I don't want to be too specific. And we're, we're going to release this soon. We're going to do it today, but it was taking up too much time. We got to double check it um, for, for, for errors and typos and things like that. We're going to release it to you guys for free, a PDF. The way we've been trying, you'll note, to release more free stuff to you, the public, not just to Patreons. We, we really have been trying, sincerely, to be like, this is important. This is that important. If you want to give us a, a donation, a donor box, that's cool. Uh, but, but this is important. The, the, the catechism... The Baltimore Catechism stuff is really, really important. We have 500 enrolled in that. You can still try to enroll in that for Tuesdays, second class coming in two days. And soon enough, it'll be just the sources. You don't have to pay us for one of our books. Basically, the citational list, the bibliography from our two books, because it's really important that that people see this for their private lives, for their private salvations. That's sincerely what we care about. Amen. (laughs) Uh, a woman. A, a woman. A man and a, a woman. A woman. A woman. Uh, yeah. But, anyway. but the normie, the normies get nasty. Even the sweet ones, they get nasty when 
you push back on the lie. They defend the lie. They're kind of programmed to defend the lie. And, and we have to do our best as Christians, even though it puts our very lives at risk, according to Socrates and Jesus, we have to go back in the cave and to try to, try to rescue them because their, their eternal life depends on it with things like how do we get to heaven through our vocation as man or woman if we're not a priest? And defend your people, guys. Like, if Matt, you know, you like his channel and you're one of his subscribers and he says something and he puts his opinion out there and he starts getting flack for it, like, defend your people. Like, stand up for him and tell everybody else to calm down and sit down. Have his back. Have his yeah. back. Yeah. Even if you don't necessarily agree with him, it's just he's given an honest opinion and he's obviously a very nice guy. It's like he doesn't deserve to be whatever this lady said about him on the podcast was vile and disgusting. He doesn't, he didn't deserve that at all. Stand up for your guy. Yeah. Amen. And a woman <laughs> and a woman. God bless you all. And we will see you with some exciting shows this week upcoming. Steph is back. I'm back. Tell the Feminism shredder. Woke me from my, from my slumber. And here I am. <laughs> God bless you. all. Deus Volt. Happy Sunday. <laughs>